This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Welcome to Abraham's Wallet Thanksgiving Week Special. I don't know what's special about this week, but we do have a podcast for you. And before I dive in to this week's episode, I just wanted to say, I said a couple weeks ago that we were looking for your questions when it comes to insurance. We are actually about to start the insurance series right here in about 45 seconds. But I'm still looking for more questions. I've got some great ones. If you have questions in your brain or you could think of something that would be interesting for us to kick around here on the podcast, will you send those to me at mark at abrahamswallet.com? One person who sends in a question is going to get a free copy of Jeff Davenport's new book, I Am a Field. So if you don't know what that is, go back to last week's episode. We did an awesome interview with the author himself. It's a fantastic book. You'll love it. And if you want your free copy, just email us a question about insurance. All right? Okay. So let's dive into this week's episode. On faith and insurance. Gents, it's time we broached a subject that I know impacts all of your lives. You've either worried about it, scoffed about it, or perhaps given into it to a degree that concerns you because... For faith-guided missiles like us, these waters are murky, and it's unclear if playing ball is wise or faithless. You know what I'm talking about because I just said it. It's, you know, it's, it's insurance. I said it in the title. Okay. You see, Abraham himself was a fierce advocate of just the right policies to cover a multi-generational household against all eventualities. While it is apocryphal, we do have it on good evidence that he preferred low-cost term life policies and specifically avoided overcoverage in home auto and disability insurance. Given his neighborhood makeup, which was primarily roving bands of angry Canaanites, that's saying something. We're here all week, guys. We do we do the Bible comedy here at Abraham's Wallet, so I hope you love it. Um, and if you hate it, just indulge me, okay? Uh So this week, we're going to dive into the first part of an exploration of insurance. And you may be wondering how we could even talk about something as painfully dull as insurance here on a site that aims to, quote, help you run your home and dough like a biblical boss. And I'd say that's a fair question. But before I answer that, I just want to make sure that you're all mostly comfortable with the notion that you have been entrusted with the king's resources as a steward, not an owner. So you're managing, whether a lot or a little, someone else's stuff, and it it happens to be the creator of the universe. And so when we consider this calling, it's pretty obvious that we're on the hook for wise management of things like money. And around here at Abraham's Wallet, we stretch that basket of responsibility to not just include the money in your bank account, it includes more things, things like time, children, and talents. Today, I'm going to add one more item to your stewardship satchel, and that would be future streams of income. Does that sound unfamiliar? Well, stay with me. You're going to be able to handle this. 
at the core, most types of insurance are really just opportunities for you to trade a bit of today's income or savings to ensure that you'll have access to your income or savings in the future. So you're just trading a little bit of, of the income you receive today to make sure that you have that income or savings in the future. If you decide to have car insurance that will cover repairs to your car in the event of a collision, you're trading some of the money that you're stewarding today in order to be certain that you won't have to spend a whole lot of the money you're stewarding tomorrow, should tomorrow bring a texting commuter your way. We're not out to cover the topic of insurance in its entirety in this first episode. You're going to have to come back later to read about things like who should have disability insurance, is whole life insurance a good investment, and why should you consider purchasing a sizable life insurance policy for a spouse who doesn't generate any income? Do you love how I'm just dropping these titles in? I'm saving myself future work by thinking up titles now. It's like creativity insurance, and I think it's genius. But today we're just out to answer a simple question that precedes the finer details of insuring, you know, your whole estate. That question is this one. Does the Bible have anything to say about whether I should purchase insurance? While we could opine on this topic forever, let's just take a novel tack and look at the Bible itself for answers. I know, guys, it's an old school approach, but we've found that it's more reliable than Twitter lately. So are you ready for our first scriptural stunner? Here it goes. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 1 Timothy 5.8 What the ever-loving heck, okay? That verse is a bomb. I thought about including all of 1 Timothy 5 after I read this, but there's really nothing in the chapter that provides... Um, that, that whole chapter provides instructions for widows inside of the church, but nothing in the whole chapter changes the blunt force of this verse. So, okay, I suppose we'll have to deal with it as written. We've talked in the past about the need to consider your parents' needs when you're planning your finances, but did you know that, thanks to the mo- marvels of modern actuarial science, you can provide for the needs of your relatives who will be left in trouble due to your death, disability, or personal property loss? It's true, and this provision, it's called insurance, and it's more convenient and in general more dependable than the old hide-some-gold-in-the-sand-under-your-bed model of Timothy's time. So the obedient response to 1 Timothy 5.8 isn't quite as cut and dry as going, well, let's just go max out the insurance. There's more to it than that, but we believe that as a modern response to an ancient command, insurance for most of you should be a piece of the holistic plan. Now, if you're one of those folks who thinks that everything Paul wrote can be reinterpreted in new postmodern culture-friendly ways, fear not. I'm here to provide you with some text that stretches all the way back to the start. Also, if you've got a case of Bible reinterpretitis, you should go get that checked out ASAP, okay? See a doctor and get it lanced, because that pus-filled globule on your soul is going to fester. Anyways, after Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream to mean that he should expect famine and save up some extra grain, Pharaoh took action. We go back to Genesis 41, verse 34, and it says, Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land, and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. 
That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. So most of you guys know, at my day job, I'm a financial planner. And from time to time, folks ask me what the best investment that they could possibly make would be. And the answer to this question, you, you might think, well, everybody's probably got their own opinion. No, the answer to this question is uncontroversial. There is a best investment. It's this. Buy a term life insurance policy and then die immediately. You can probably invest a hundred bucks and make a couple million guaranteed in one day. So I'm not hoping for any of you uh, beloved listeners to go ahead and bite it early. You can see how what Joseph did here um, ingratiated himself to Pharaoh. It worked really well, right? Imagine that you visited an insurance salesman who looked at your situation and said, Hey bud, for a few bucks, we could prevent this unlikely but very disastrous situation from completely bankrupting your family. Well, if you took that guy's advice and went for it, and the next day that very unlikely disaster happened, you would probably be a customer for life. And that's basically how Joseph got into Pharaoh's good graces. As an aside, I just find it interesting and delightful that the Lord set Joseph in power over all of Egypt basically by turning him into the most beloved insurance salesman ever. So does that old Bible story coupled with 1 Timothy definitively mean that the God of all creation wants you to go buy insurance? Of course not. But it is an example of God providing for a time of need by instructing folks to trade today's bounty for tomorrow's scarcity. That's exactly what Joseph told Pharaoh to do. He did it and it worked. Remember that big definition that I talked about earlier? Trading a little bit of today's income or savings to ensure that you won't have to give away all of tomorrow's? That's what we're talking about. So by looking at the story of Joseph, who rose to fame in the world's most powerful empire at the time by being such a stellar household manager, we can see that he leveraged a primitive form of insurance himself. That's pretty potent. And just as we we talked about this, Stephen and I were writing this article and thinking about Joseph Man, we need to drill into Joseph a lot more here at Abraham's Wallet. I know that Abraham is our namesake, but really Joseph was quite the household manager. So expect some Joseph stuff coming your way eventually. Let's proceed now. James 4, 13 through 16 says this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, and all such boasting is evil. I threw this one in to remind you that while planning is not evil at all, um, it's actually a requirement of a trustworthy steward, you still don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Can you concoct an insurance scheme that makes this little passage null? No, you can't. And frankly, I don't hear too much of of the line of thinking that goes, we don't need insurance because the Lord is going to keep us safe. I, I don't hear that that often, but the logic still does exist within some corners of the church. So here's a friendly reminder that trouble is coming your way. And if you're a steward of the king's resources in your home, you should prepare for both good and bad times. I found an author named Steve Diggs, and he says this, which I thought was really relevant. 
Some people feel it is more spiritual to simply trust God to provide rather than to depend on the devices of man. But I find it curious that these same people are often willing to accept the devices of other men when they can't afford to pay their own bills. It's also interesting to me that some of these same people are willing to selectively use other devices of men like locks on their doors, seat belts, and so on. I wonder if what presents itself as a form of super-spirituality isn't sometimes something else. At best, it may simply be a misunderstanding of faith. At worst, it's an irresponsible refusal to accept the appropriate and even God-ordained responsibility that comes with the headship of a home. We tend to agree, Steve. So let's use all the tools and wisdom available to us when we lead our homes in fearless faith. As you consider James 4... Consider both ditches that line the road of your financial life. On one side, there's the trap of believing that God will take care of you so you don't need to plan for potential disasters. Perhaps he's taking care of you in the midst of disaster by providing you with the means to mitigate its effects right now. That's what he did for Joseph, Pharaoh, and eventually all of Israel. We would like to pause here and just make a special shout out to God for all the times he saved us from ourselves and the enemy when we had no plan no resources, and no outside help. He has done this, he does this, and he will do it again because he's such a good savior. However, his saving us is not a license for us to willfully put ourselves in peril. This is a presumption upon God, and it's a biblical no-no. Now, on the other side of the road is a ditch. It's a lie that you can sew up every possible tear in your plan with insurance to the point that you're just impervious to trouble. It's not going to happen. Jesus himself promised trials, and as Stephen's dad, Roger Manuel, famously says, if all your problems can be solved with money, you don't have any problems. (laughs) I can't imagine why we would assume that any inventions of our own could inoculate us against that promise of Jesus, nor would I guess that he was talking only about spiritual problems when he said it. So money's not the point of life, nor nor is it a solution for all of life's troubles though we do know who is. Insurance, then, is simply a tool, a really good tool, for shrewd management of our current resources, money we have, and future streams of income that we're anticipating. Wield the tool wisely and place no eternal trust in a temporal thing like a financial instrument. Okay, lastly, I've got a verse that might surprise you. It's James 1.27. You've heard this one. But it says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, what does the care of orphans and widows have to do with taking out insurance? Well, guess what your wife's going to be if you die before she does? That's right, a widow. And there are some ways you could look after her in that unfortunate circumstance right now. And that includes life insurance. At some point in your financial future, you know, you may have done such a great job stewarding resources that she's taken care of without any need for a lump sum of cash upon your demise. But until that day, go ahead and take care of your favorite widow preemptively and get yourself a cheap term life insurance policy. Can we conclude that it's not only permissible for the Jesus-loving family leader to acquire insurance of various types, It may even be a requirement of anyone aspiring to the title of good steward. If you're willing to give me that one and concede the possibility, then we're going to have all kinds of fun exploring this topic. 
Get ready for the deep dives to come in which we'll explore several interesting aspects of insurance. But for now, let's wipe the spiritual smirk off our collective mouths when someone mentions insurance and let's try to stay away from the fretting that often taints this subject. Remember, you're going to do valiantly as the Lord's men. You guys, you're Joseph's, every one of you. So be shrewd, brothers, and keep taking ground. Until next week, I'm Mark Parrott, and this is Abraham's Wallet. Thank you.